Saints, welcome to another Lombardi's Legends podcast. Dane here with Wags. Happy Halloween. We're recording Halloween evening. And uh, Wags, we're recapping Thursday night. Nothing to be scared of there. Packers took care of business. I went on the road, card stacked against them, pun intended, and we took care of business, beat the Arizona Cardinals. They are no longer undefeated. Packers go to 7-1 and one on the season. Devontae Liss, Zadarius Liss. Zadarius Liss, uh, Jair Alexander, Bach, they're all out. Doesn't matter. This is a great team right now playing really good team football. How are you feeling on Sunday evening? Yeah, I feel great. And for those of you joining us here this evening on our live stream, uh, we've got a little Halloween theme going on here, Packers style. Uh, so how can you not feel good about where the Packers stand at this point, uh, even with the 17-game schedule just about at the halfway point of the season at 7-1 and one and, and going down to Arizona and getting a big win. Considering the circumstances, uh, I think you've got to be very, very pleased. So, uh, yeah, so for tonight, we're, we're just going to do a, a quick recap. I, I think uh, since we're coming here a few days after the game now, I think yeah. most of the recaps have been out there already. Uh, also give away some uh, big cheese of the week and uh, i think we want to talk a little bit about some potential trade targets ahead of the trade deadline on tuesday uh, the packers as usual are linked to a bunch of guys and uh, we'll see if any of those trades actually come to fruition but definitely ton fun to talk about especially considering some of the injuries at, at some of the position groups that we've seen so um yeah dane let's start though with the game and i, I think after the game when we did our insta live uh, my my biggest takeaway was just to appreciate what those guys did and the, what the coaching staff did. And everybody came together with a game plan on a short week without even being able to practice. bunch of guys out there, you're asking them to go in there and contribute without having any reps with the number one offense, particularly with those yeah. uh, top three receivers out. And they were able to piece something together and uh, and really execute, which is you know even more remarkable considering um, what Arizona had to figure. Uh, they were going to be able to take away uh, some of the things that the Packers could do, and uh, they go out there and they run the ball. Uh, Aaron Rodgers goes out there and pieces together uh, a few key passes when he needed to, uh, and uh, and look, uh, they were able to uh, do just enough uh, to come out mm -hmm. with the win. So. Uh, Dean, I, I think for me, it's it's just the overall next man in and then the coaching staff and the players just coming together and making it happen. That's the biggest, biggest takeaway from this one for me. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I mean, I, 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 I think you're right. I think it says more about the team. I um, candidly going into this game, this was a, you know, we're playing on house money type of game to me. Um, my expectations were not that high. I was hopeful. We predicted them to win. We wanted them to win. Uh, but all of the things that were stacked against them, did I think that, you know, there was a possibility they dropped this game? Absolutely. Didn't matter. Um, I think that LeFleur showed that he's one of the best coaches in the NFL 
right now. I, and I, and I don't say that lightly. I wouldn't just say that. Um, he out schemed, I thought, the, uh, the opposing uh, team. Uh, you hear so much about Cliff K- uh, Kingsbury. Didn't matter. LaFleur had a better offensive game plan. Uh, didn't matter that uh, Coach Barry wasn't there. I thought Gray called a great game. Um, in the fourth quarter, you're going to get gutted a little bit by Kyler Murray. I mean, that's just what the dude does. He's a great quarterback. Um, the defensive line got tired late in the game. It was a hot night. I mean, that that's some of it, but I thought schematically, and I thought talent-wise uh, also, th- this Packer team is just better than the Cardinals at this stage in the season. Now, things can change. We're halfway through the year, um, but um, I, you're right, Wags. I don't know if you know we can really uh, glean too much from this offensive performance based on who was and wasn't uh, playing on Thursday night, but what I can say is that the Packers are deep um, they're very, very good and uh, really proud of it. And Fred Thurston uh, says, hell of a jersey you got there. Uh, yes, sir. I- I'm looking at We're recording live. Fred, um, you know as well as anybody, one of the greatest to ever do it right there, Fuzzy Thurston. So thanks sir, uh, so much for tuning in right now. Yeah, for sure. And Dane, I think one takeaway that you can take from this game is what the both offensive and defensive lines were able to do in the trenches. You said defensive line got a little bit tired. I definitely noticed that as well. Um, so I think that's something that can happen. I was a little surprised considering how much the Packers won time of possession, uh, but the Cardinals give them credit. They tried to up the tempo in the second half, uh, so I think that definitely contributed to some of that uh, as the uh, second half wore on, but uh, those guys in the trenches just set the tone right from the uh, start of the game and were able to out-physical the Arizona Cardinals. That was something that I I think we were both looking for coming into this game uh, considering they, they didn't necessarily do that against Washington the week before mm-hmm. and uh, in, in, a, in a big game uh, they were able to basically run the football at will uh, Dane dare I say in this particular game even though they ran more than they passed I almost wanted them to run more uh, so mm. uh, you talk about down at the goal line I know we all Packer fans were <laughs> calling for coach of Florida you know just pounded in with the big AJ Dillon uh, and I think there was some circumstances there uh, supposedly he was cramping up uh, we know AJ's been a little bit mm. loose with the foot Ball. And for the most part, I think Aaron Jones has been a, 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 a really good goal line back, even though he's not the biggest guy. Uh, so I understand why he was out there. And uh, But mm-hmm. that being said, you sure would have liked them. Uh, that was about the only downside of this performance, particularly an offensive side of the ball, considering what they had to work with, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the Bob Tunyon injury, of course. But that they were not able to, to punch the ball in uh, in a couple of key goal line situations. Other than that, I don't think you could ask the offense to do any more, and you sure can't hold at the defense to do any more than they did and holding the Cardinals to only 21 points. Yeah, who stood out to you? Um, I, you know, we're going to do our big cheese in a little bit here, but um, there's a lot of things to go around, I think, with the, with this team because, um, yeah, it was a team win, but I think there were some good individual performances. Something that stuck out to me, uh, Dominic Daphne only played 14 snaps, I believe, but they were impactful 14 snaps. Um, we said it on Thursday night on our Twitter uh, live that um, – 
you know, he, he didn't have the catches, but didn't mean he wasn't impacting the game. I thought he was sealing blocks on the edge really, really well, uh, the defensive ends. He was physical. He's everything that we've come to learn of him. So I thought that he had a really nice game uh, as well. And, um, you know, I, I thought that uh, Billy Turner played pretty darn well against this Arizona front seven. So just a couple of guys there. Is there anybody that stuck out to you? And I, I'm not asking you to name your big cheese yet, but um, other guys that maybe just deserve some mention uh, tonight. I, I think Dean Lowry continues yeah. to just play it. I think the best he's played in a Packer uniform, dare I say, uh, so far this season. Right. It, it, it may be a contract year. Maybe there's motivation there. I don't know. Read into that how you will. I'll take it. Dean is playing at a high, high level right now, and I think he, contrib- he continued to do that on Thursday night. Um, John Runyon Jr. is another guy. I'm just uh, sticking with the guys yeah. up front, and uh, I think he's going to stay in a starting role even when David Bakhtiari gets back. Uh, mm-hmm. I really think, you know, uh, Newman's played pretty well. He's had his ups and downs as a rookie. Uh, John Runyon Jr. is a second-year guy, uh, but he's uh, got, you know, a, a decent amount of experience now, and I think he's been uh, very solid in both running and pass game uh, protection-wise. So, uh, I and he continued that. So he's been mm-hmm. uh, someone that stood out to me. Um, got they got him out blocking out in space a couple of times with some of the uh, short screen passes to Aaron Jones, and I thought he was just doing a really nice job out there. So I want to give him a shout out as well. Um, so yeah, I, I mean those are not the necessarily going to be the uh, guys that stand out uh, in the box score when we talk about big cheese. They don't necessarily yeah. get the glory, but it's it's nice, I think, Dane, to highlight them for sure. So um, yeah, I, I think let's talk a little bit about the defense as well. I think yeah. we've named some guys, but you know, you've got to give, you said it first of all, Jerry Gray, I know that uh, he, we had uh, a game plan uh, put together by Coach Joe Barry. He wasn't there to call it though and and that that means something but everybody came together and just as impressively as what the offense was able to do uh you know the offense gets a lot of credit when things go right the offense gets a lot of credit this week they seem to be getting the headline but to me it was the defense because it doesn't matter uh what the offense did this week uh if the cardinals go out and and put their usual 30 35 points up uh, we wouldn't have been able to keep up. So you've got to give the defense, I think, primary credit for the fact that the Packers were able to come out with a win this week and uh, just, uh, just a great job, uh, particularly, I think, getting pressure on Kyler Murray uh, in the first half uh, and uh, just doing just enough to hold him off at the end. But how about uh, that defense and, and what they were able to accomplish on Thursday night? Wags, and how about Devondre Campbell? Uh, playing against his former team, got his first sack of the season. I think that's just about the only thing that dude hasn't done for this defense so far was get a sack. Um, and an impressive one as well. Um, you know, Murray is so elusive. And for Campbell to just kind of like take care of business and bring him down, I thought he had another um, really, really strong game. Something that stood out to me, um, Jalen Smith was, by all appearances, a healthy scratch for this game. The Packers brought him in a couple weeks ago. Maybe it was just fit. Maybe, you know, he just didn't fit what they were trying to do this week. It seemed like more this week than in previous weeks, the Packers decided to go with two inside linebackers on the same, uh, on the field at the same time. Packers uh, historically this season have um, had a different variation where they kind of play the three down linemen, one linebacker, and then some DBs. 
Um, this week they decide to go more traditional two two uh, five or yeah you, you know my math's not there but you get what I'm saying. Um, and they decided to play a lot more Chris Barnes. I would have thought this would have been a week where Jalen Smith actually would have gotten a lot of run. Um, so for him not to do that, that's just something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on going forward. He's a late addition to the team. They've given him a few weeks to get snaps. For him to get zero snaps, not suit up this week, I was a little surprised by that. Yeah, I was too, but you know, I'm not going to read too much into that right now. Uh, it was a short week, and I think they just needed to – get the guys out there that could execute a game plan on a short week without a practice. And so it's really tough for, I I know he's gotten a few reps, but um, I'm, you know, we'll keep an eye on it and see how that uh, shapes out moving forward. But uh, Chris Barnes definitely had an uptick in his snap count uh, Mm -hmm. this last week for sure. Um, Dane, I think, uh, you know, we've got to talk a little bit about those young corners. Uh, Eric Stokes got beat pretty badly. uh, And, and that's, Something of a concern. I think I like his competitiveness. Uh, I like what he's been able to do when he bounces back. Uh, But uh, certainly at this point in his young career, I think uh, we're going to start to need to see a little bit uh, less of that uh, Mm -hmm. week to week. uh, And he's going to have to try to clean that up in a hurry if he wants to stay out on the field when some of these guys get healthy. and uh, it's 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 not a bad thing. I, I still think he's uh, shown a lot, uh, but um, uh, certainly something that we need to, to clean up a little bit as we move forward. Um, Razul Douglas, uh, the hero. Uh, I, I don't know what else can yeah. you say. Uh, and uh, you know, even aside from the interception at the end, I thought he was extremely competitive and, and just played a really solid football game from mm-hmm. start to finish. Uh, so. Um, again, not a guy that necessarily we want to rely on. I'll give him a ton of credit, not taking anything away from him. Uh, but um, uh, certainly you still want to get healthy there uh, and get your main horses back on the outside if possible. Um, and, uh, I, you know, he's, he's shown enough to me that uh, he's earned trust, I think, to be out there and still contribute to defense uh, when some of these guys hopefully get healthy uh, and get back out on the field for sure. I was going to ask you that. I, I, I mean, he's playing his way onto the field. Uh, even when Kevin King's back, even knock on wood, Jair gets back. I mean, Razul Douglas seems to have earned snaps on this defense. And he reminds me of the kind of guys that you need to find guys, um, if you're going to be competitive deep into the playoffs, you know, every team that goes deep always seems to like, oh, this guy, uh, you know, showed up in this moment. And he seems to have that it factor. Obviously, this week was was a big one. But I thought even the weeks before this week, um, thought that he played pretty well overall for the Packers. So uh, just encouraging to see the airwags that um, I, I don't know how this Packer coaching staff, when Kevin King comes back, they go, okay, Razul, you're heading back to the bench. So I'm going to be curious to see how this works out and how the Packers do it. And it's good to have options, uh, but something to keep an eye on because he's just played too well to not uh, continue to get snaps on this defense. Yeah, listen, I think that works its way out. I, I mm-hmm. do. And I, I, I mean, you're right. uh, but he knows his role. I mean, this is a guy that was on a practice squad three weeks ago. So it's not like he's going to be disruption uh, to the locker room. I think he's obviously very grateful to, to be in the situation he's in. Um, and he seems like he's well liked by his teammates already in the short time uh, that he's been on the team. So, um, Dane, I think uh, obviously injuries have been the story. So we don't need to dive into every single one of them. I mentioned Bob Tunyon earlier. That's yeah. a tough one uh you know i think we can get by i wouldn't be surprised to see 
I don't know if we trade for someone. We're, we are going to talk about potential trade targets here momentarily, but um, I wouldn't be surprised even if we don't trade for another tight end, uh, if we end up trying to pick someone up uh, either from another team practice squad mm-hmm. or if there's someone available uh, that gets released to sign um, just to add more depth to the position or at least bring someone in and take a look. Um, and so tough for Bob Tunyon. Um, obviously not a situation you ever want to lose someone to uh, ACL and then season-ending injury, but um, it's just part of the game. Um, and then Kylan Hill, that's I feel badly for him too. It's it's a, yeah. a you know um, it's going to be interesting to see what the Packers do uh, with kick return because uh, Kylan Hill was that guy. Uh, but um, you know we've got options there, but uh, it's not just as simple as you know, pointing to the, the next man sometimes with a special team situation because you don't necessarily get reps. So if yeah. Kylan Hill's getting all the reps, so it will be interesting. I think they're fortunate that they have a little extra time after the Thursday night game, uh, but I, I think that's something else to monitor and keep an eye on as well. Do you, yeah, and, and, you know, that that's going to be an interesting one because not only is Kylan, and, and it's awful to see him go down. I really liked his game all um, preseason and even – in regular season, he seems to kind of have that it a little bit. So I, I was really hoping that they'd even be able to work him in a little bit more as the season wore on. So obviously, you know, personal side of things, but even the the football side of things, hope that he gets better quickly. Um, now the Packers don't have a third running back. And so it's something to keep an eye on. We'll talk trade stuff. I mean, you know, running back's an interesting position. The Packers have Patrick Taylor. Uh, friend of our podcast who um, is on the practice squad. Definitely a possibility that he gets called up and becomes that third guy. But also with the trade deadline, this could be a scenario where the Packers see a chance to go get somebody as well uh, for, 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 you know, on, on the on the cheap, so to speak, that can maybe do a little bit of, of stuff for them. So just something to keep an eye on. But um, just it, it was a tough night, I thought, for injuries. And obviously the Tunyon stuff, uh, Lafleur himself was like he was kind of gutted. I, I don't know if you saw Lafleur, but he was pretty emotional. I thought after that, and Lafleur doesn't normally show that kind of emotion. So I think that was a tough injury for for the team. And uh, now it's going to be um, we're going to see what happens there going forward at this tight end group. And I, I'm curious to see how they do it. I I have full trust in this Packers uh, front office at this point. They've been so aggressive this whole season. Um, so I would not be surprised, Wags, if the Packers are aggressive again, just because they have been all year. They're try- they're clearly trying to win something right now. I'll put it I, that way. I agree. I think depth is the biggest concern. I have mm-hmm. a tight end right now, um, even more so necessarily than production. I, I, listen, uh, it's not. It, it sucks to lose Bob Tunyon. He's he had a really good year last year. It looked like uh, he was starting to become a little bit more involved in the pass game here yeah. the last couple of weeks, and I expected that to uh, increase even more in the second half for the season uh, as our offensive line got healthier. Um, I do think that you know between Daphne and Mercedes Lewis, obviously, and 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 um, Deguara. Uh, as a pass catcher. I think DeGuara, uh, remember, he, we lost him to a ACL last year. Um, so I think DeGuara can increase his role uh, as a pass catcher in this offense. And he's shown some of that, not a ton, in the last few weeks as well. Uh, so I think between those guys, we can 
and not directly replace what Bobby Tunyon does as a pass catcher. However, mm-hmm. from a tight end position, I think those three guys can piece things together. My bigger concern, again, would be now you're down to, to three guys, and, and I know Davis is on the roster as a tight end as well, but I don't consider him necessarily um, ready to step in mm-hmm. and get snaps on the offense. Uh, so it, I, it, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing them potentially add someone. It doesn't need to be a star or a starting necessarily caliber tight end as much as someone that can contribute at this point so mm-hmm. um dane i i think i you know let's get into the big cheese players of the week and yeah. then we're going to take a little bit of break after that and uh, talk about trade trade uh, possibilities uh, so i'll let you lead it off who who do you have from the big cheese um, on the offensive side of the ball this was a week where both of our x factors on both sides of the ball all yeah. performed pretty well um so I'll, I'll, let's start with the offense because i think the defense is a pretty clear-cut winner again this time well i'm gonna wags i'm gonna go with uh your x factor from this week aj dylan i thought that dylan was really good bounce back from a pretty tough performance um you know, they, the broadcast made it sound like that was a clear-cut fumble. I'm not sure if that was a fumble, uh, Dylan. He was down. I think his elbow was down. Yeah, so I, I thought that he played yeah, phenomenally um, for this Packer offense uh, this week. It, the stats aren't going to jump out at you like, oh, my gosh. But it seemed like he was running for five-plus yards every carry. Um, they, they couldn't really handle him. He had just a, a really good game. A.J. looked really comfortable out there, I thought, running the ball. But also his vision was good, um, making some plays uh, after after first contact. So um, as far as I'm concerned, Wags, we went into this game saying, what do the Packers need to do to win? Packers need to control the clock. Packers need to establish the run game. They did that. And I think that a big part of that is A.J. Dillon. Um, you mentioned the, the, the uh, goal line issues that we had. I think that Aaron Jones has proven to be one of the better goal line style running backs, despite his you know smaller stature in football. However, I think AJ probably probably would have gotten in based on just how well he was running that game. Sometimes some weeks guys just have it against a defense, and Dylan seemed to be that guy. So I, AJ Dylan for me wags my big cheese. I was going to ask you that if you think that you'd like to see AJ Dylan getting some goal line carries because I think part of it is you have to remember that. When they're in at the goal line, they might have specific personnel grouping. So A.J. Dillon may not have had as much work in those personnel groups or or their goal line, uh, you know, groupings in practice. It's Aaron Jones. That's his job right now. Uh, But do you think that that changes moving forward and we see A.J. Dillon pick up a few more goal line carries? If if Dillon's having a game like he was just having, then yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's a game flow thing because I love what Aaron Jones can do down there. I don't want to take a ton of balls out of his hands. However, um, it just seemed like A.J. Dillon was moving the pile a little bit more. He just It was one of those games where it was just a Dillon game. So I, I think in that circumstance, absolutely. But there's probably some games, Wags, where like it seems like Aaron Jones is just moving the pile and doing his thing. And I'd say, let's give it to Aaron Jones. So maybe a bit more of a hot hand approach. Maybe maybe it's a little straw man argument on my part as a Packer fan. But it's just the feel of the game felt like I would have liked to have seen A.J. Dillon at least get a carry down by the goal line because I think he probably could have punched it in yeah and for the record 
that call should not have been overturned. I, I no, don't know if anything been. has been officially said or if the NFL will even bother to say anything. I doubt they do. But mm-hmm. uh, that's one of those situations where we've talked about it. The frustrating thing is clearly the refs are seeing something that they think they're seeing <laughs> yeah. instead of actually seeing what they're seeing. And uh, it's, uh, you know, he may have been down. I, I I, I'm not going to argue that, but there was no camera angle that gave us that. So yeah. for them to overturn it was was just a bad bad call, and and it's frustrating that sometimes these you go to these uh, uh, replays, and what we're told is you have to have indisputable visual evidence. And I'm as much of a homer as anyone, but if you've got in, in, uh, indisputable evidence, I'll say okay. He didn't get in. We didn't see that. So, so that is just befuddling to me how they can make that call. It's just, it's, it's, it shouldn't be happening. But um, you know what? I, I know the Packers had a few more opportunities to get in, and I agree with you, Dan. I think if uh, after that first one, even if they bring Dylan in and just run straight up the middle mm-hmm. uh, three more times, I, I do think he would have gotten in at least one of those times. So, uh, it, you know, sometimes you can get a little bit cute in those mm-hmm. situations, and I think that's one of those times where the Packers just need to uh, run it right in. By the way, I fully agree with you, A.J. Dillon, the offensive big cheese of the week. Uh, defensively, Rasul Douglas, enough said. <laughs> your defensive X factor, so two for two for us, Dean. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think, you know, there's really anything else to say about him. I, I don't want to shortchange him in the praise. No, he's been but great. Great yeah. job. Uh, great job, young man. And way to just be uh, in the moment and uh, take advantage of that uh, opportunity. So um, couldn't. You've got all the Packer fans are, are going to be loving you for, for a long, long time, long time. after that one. Um, special teams. I think we've got another special teams contributor, and uh, I'm just going to throw uh, another friend of pod out there, yeah. Ty Summers. Uh, he's able awesome. to uh, jump on that football, and alertly so, uh, right right position right time but sometimes that's not as easy as that uh, he was able to get down the field saw that uh, that might be a live football uh, snagged it almost rolled over into rolled the end in, zone. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I he's definitely I think deserving of a special team big cheese of the week Totally agree. And his buddies I saw on Insta were like, what, Ty? Scooping, scooping score. And it's like, no, I'm glad he got on the ball. So good on Ty. We got the ball, got some points out of it. Awesome play by Ty Summers. He's one of the leaders of the special team. So it was really exciting. To, you know, sometimes these these leaders on special teams, they don't have the splash plays, right? They're, they just, they're sound. They make tackles. That's what they do. Uh, they stay in their lane. Ty, I thought, was awesome this week getting on that football. Good for him. Uh, I know he was excited to get that football back in his hands again. So so I completely agree, Wags. Big cheese on special teams, Ty Summers. Yeah, for sure. So, um, Dane, I think we just have to take a quick break yeah. here to talk about our sponsor, and then we'll take a few minutes to talk about potential trade targets. So, um, folks, thanks so much for following along, and uh, uh, thanks to our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, So if you're a new customer with uh, DraftKings, use our promo code TPPN, and if you bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game, uh, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Um, so, Dane, how we've been talking, Andrea, all season long now, uh, your wife, Andrea, has been doing her uh, DraftKings uh, daily fantasy lineups. So, did she have another winning week again this week? 
You know, I don't know. Uh, here's the thing. We've been out trick-or-treating. It's Halloween night. We've been running around. Um, what I can tell you, Wags, is uh, my fantasy lineup's not doing all that well um, because I, I did a quick check on my DraftKings app. But uh, I can tell you that Andrea has been strong all season long. Um, she she's uh, you know she she had um, AJ Dillon going in her DraftKings lineup, so that's very good for her. Um, so you know it's been a great 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 promo for her. You just put in promo code T P. And she put the five dollars down, got a ton of money back, was able to, uh, you know, put her bets in there. She's had a ton of success. She's winning money. It's a great promotion from DraftKings Sportsbook. So thank you, thank you, thank you, DraftKings, for everything that you're doing. And uh, I'll find out after this. I'll give you an update on our on our preview podcast for next week. But I can tell you, if it's anything like it's been the last few weeks, she's doing just fine. She, one of these weeks, she's going to have to give us something so you can something. come in with, with a player that uh, folks can be targeting. So, folks, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with the promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer who six and supply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so Dane, uh, we're just going to take a few minutes here yeah. to talk about potential Packers trade targets. So we've got some names out there, and um, I think first of all, is there a position group that if the Packers are going to try to trade for? I mean, I know it depends on the player, but is there a position group right now? Just considering the injuries, considering performance, everything that we know about this team at this point, that you think it would make sense to go out and try to snag a veteran player that can uh, help this team win right now? It's a, that's a good question. Um, you can never have enough pa- enough pass rushers. Um, I will say that um, I was encouraged. Zadarius Smith. Uh, just a couple days ago here, uh, tweeted out that he's heading back to Green Bay. He's excited to be back with the team. Um, that's encouraging. Now, does that mean he's going to play this year? I don't know, Wex. Uh, but I'm encouraged by the idea that he's going to be back. Um, he responded to somebody's inquiry that he's feeling like a new man. Uh, I hope that's all accurate, right? Even if, listen, even if we get Big Z uh, in big January, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, for something like that. So I would say pass rush is always something. Um, I, I, I'm more of a name scenario. Kyle Fuller seems to be on the outs in Denver. Um, Razul Douglas has made this a little less uh, of a position group, even with Jair out. Uh, but I would say that you can never have enough depth at cornerback. Um, so just something to keep in mind there as well. Uh, but I would say overall, the Packers are in a very, very unique situation in the NFL in that any position group that we're looking to add on to is truly an add-on position. We're trying to find, you know, we're trying to find guys that are going to help the team. I would say maybe Wags with the Tunyon injury, tight end could be something. We have four tight ends on the roster right now, but I'm not sure if we have that field stretching tight end that Robert Tunyon provided. So maybe tight end ends up being the position group that the Packers could target in in a, in a trade. But I'm kind of curious, what's your readout on this roster? Uh, are there are there um, pressure points that you'd like to see the team um, uh, identify? You you named one of them, cornerback. And yeah. uh, yes, I'm pleased with the guys that have stepped up, but I think it's about 
you know, the overall depth at the position. Um, I think we can go on to add. If it's uh, Kyle Fuller was a name that was linked to us before the season and free agency before they resigned Kevin King, by the way. And uh, he's familiar with the defensive system. And uh, I think he's someone that would make sense. He's on a, uh, the last year. He was on a one-year contract with the Broncos. I don't know if it's totally performance-related, by the way. They went know. out and dropped their number one draft pick, top ten pick, uh, was a cornerback. Um, uh, the Patrick's retains there. So they've, they've got guys. They've got a talented quarterback room already. So I think – uh, he he's someone that might make sense, and the Broncos are not really a contending team right now, uh, so they might be willing to sell uh, mm-hmm. someone that's not going to be in their long-term plans. Uh, and it's not about, again, like I really appreciate Rasul Douglas. I really appreciate Eric Stokes, and I think uh, those guys can contribute to this team down the stretch, uh, but we don't know if Jair Alexander is going to be able to come back or not. It's, we have some optimism, but even if he does, we don't know if he's going to be fully healthy. Uh, Kevin King has played less games than Jair Alexander has this year. Um, so I don't think I can rely on him uh, from perhaps a performance perspective and a health standpoint. So I think the cornerback group is makes the most sense, even if both King and Alexander look like they're going to be coming back. And I think King should be back this next game uh, for sure. But um, I think we, I would feel more comfortable if we were able to get a Kyle Fuller uh, to upgrade. And uh, those, those guys can uh, kind of slot in, still contribute, but be mm-hmm. you know, in, in more of a nickel, dime, or backup role. I think that just makes this team uh, that much better. Um, tight end, there's a few names out there. Um, I don't know if any of them excite me a lot, but I know that Evan Ingram's name's been out there a lot. Yeah. He's not someone that does anything for me personally. I know he made a Pro Bowl. Um, Over Robert part- Tunyon somehow yeah, last year, and which I like honestly. Did. Um, the, the, the book on him is that he's a great athlete. Uh, you know, he can run, but he drops the football. So he's like a poor man, Jimmy Graham, and he drops the football. Uh, so that, that, no, thanks. I mean, (laughs) you're really selling me on that right there. (laughs) Um, Eric Ebron's a name, but out there, similar, great athlete, big body looks great on, on, on film but uh, not someone that I'm really particularly interested in uh, at the tight end position, either from a productivity standpoint or in the locker room. He might be a good guy, but he's been on a few teams now in his young career, so I'm passing. Um, Hayden Hurst, I don't know if you know a lot about him. Former first-round pick Mm. from Baltimore, uh, uh, got traded to uh, the Falcons a couple years ago, and obviously they brought in Kyle Pitts. Uh, So he might be someone. The one thing I do like about Hurst, is that he catches the football um, and obviously has some talent for being a former first-round pick. So I I don't know a ton about him, admittedly. Productivity-wise, he hasn't been – you know, worthy of that first round selection, certainly. Uh, but you never know with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, he might, he, I think on film reminds me the most of someone like what Bob Tunyon does. Mm. So from that standpoint, he might be a good fit. Now it's just a matter of are the Falcons looking to sell him and what's their asking price if they are. Uh, but of the tight ends I, that have been floated out there, he's the one I would definitely be most intrigued by. Receiver. I, it's always something that people seem to talk about. I, I've seen a few names out there. I have to bring it up before we wrap this thing up. I, I've seen Tim Patrick's name, another Denver guy. Um, his name floated out there. I've seen, um, what is it, Brandon Cooks? 
from um, from the Texans, who now I'm seeing maybe won't be traded. He's been, I think, pretty vocal about his dissatisfaction with them trading Ingram here uh, in the last 48 hours or so. Um, and then another guy that I might just flag for you, if the Packers were to go to this route, which well, candidly, I don't think the Packers are trading for a receiver. I think if they're going to trade draft capital, I think there's other position groups they're going to focus in on. But the one guy of all of them that might intrigue me is Brandon Ayuk from San Francisco. He's a guy who I thought showed a lot of flashes last year as a rookie and just seems to be in the doghouse with Shanahan. Shanahan and LaFleur clearly have a connection. They're friends. They know each other well. I'll put his name out there just because he's young. He's incredibly athletic and he's shown some uh, some some flashes and just hasn't really been on the field as much this year. But um, I have to say wide receiver just because, um, you know, um, People talk about it. I'm curious. Do you think the receivers even a, a possibility, Wags, or do you think that's kind of just more national media narrative? Yeah. Well, first of all, on Ayuk, seems like a, a, a good young talent that you're yeah. right hasn't, for whatever reason, uh, had the opportunities necessarily to to show that he's worthy of that. Um, you know, from a productivity standpoint. I'm not sure that Shanahan and LaFleur are really all that close right now. Uh, I think they're sure. saying that, but uh, with everything that happened with Rodgers and the 49ers, Packers supposedly were considering filing tampering charges against the 49ers. I, you know, uh, there's not – I don't know that they're going to come together and uh, be able to become trade partners. No kumbaya legs? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't see that happening. And I don't know if the 49ers are really ready to give up on Ayuk. But to me, they would probably rather trade him to someone else uh, than send him and help the Packers out. Uh, so I just don't see that one happening. A, a good type of player to look at because mm -hmm. he can help you now and in the future. Uh, to be honest with you, with right receiver, I just don't see it. I mean, I think Cooks is the only guy that helps the team this year. Uh, you've got a whole bunch of other names that have been out there. Um, Deshaun Jackson. Um, you know, we've got, um, um, obviously, Allen Robinson. Bears are not trading him no to way. the Packers. Um, I'd love him, though, Wags. That's yeah. <laughs> one guy I would love to have. I would love to have, but he's, yeah. that's not going to happen. Odell Beckham, no thanks no. at this point for me. Um, you know, um, Jamison Crowder, uh, he's had some solid years, but I just don't think he's an upgrade over oh anyone we have, uh, you know, for coming in from the outside. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, not really interested at this point. Um, Darius Slayton's a name that's been out there, but, you know, solid receiver, but I don't know if he comes in the middle of the season and really helps us that much either. So um, to me, I, I'm fine with the Packers standing pad at wide receiver. I, I just don't really see see a lot of value there unless they're able to steal a Brandon Cook which I don't think is going to happen we've already gotten a couple of Texans guys that we've been able to, to help this team and so I, I just don't see that them going that way I think um, we've taken all the good Texans wags basically yeah. that's where we're at so but Lee does ask a good question since we're both in agreement on a guy like Fuller yeah what you know if it's draft picks what's what's uh what draft pick are you not going to be like upset over uh, if they send a draft pick to Denver's way to add Fuller. I'm not, I'm not going higher than a sixth. Um, they, we're, we're talking a half-season rental at this point for Kyle Fuller. He's on under a contract for a little bit here. I think it depends on how much salary Denver's willing to eat. Uh, rumor is that Denver's saying that they would eat some of the salary, potentially, as well. 
Um, I could go up to a five, even if we're talking significant salary being eaten by uh, eaten up by Denver. But at this point, I think we're taking something off of their hands a little bit as well. I think it could be mutually beneficial. But we're not talking fourth or higher. And I'm also not talking any players, including Jordan Love, for somebody like a Kyle Fuller. Um, so um, I'm, I'm in that range. Um, maybe it's a little conservative on my end. But reality is we're talking, what, nine games and hopefully some playoff games for a rental. Uh, I'd rather... I'd rather uh, um, you know, keep our resources in place. But um, I think uh, five, six, or seven, theoretically, depending, and it's a sliding scale, Wags, depending on how much um, Denver's willing to pay for the guy, uh, I'll go there. But right now, he's sitting on Denver's bench, and they're paying him an awful lot of money to sit in that bench. What I don't know is what level of compensatory pick would he be mm. worth if he walks in free agency. So that does factor in here Good because – if he's going to generate a fifth round compensation pick, why would Denver trade him for a six rounder? So um, one thing that they could do to get around that is the Packers have sent out a couple late round picks already in the Cobb deal. Uh, they traded out a pick uh, to get uh, Corey Borges and got a, a seventh round pick back, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so perhaps to take into consideration what he's projected fuller, I, I'm saying to be from a compensation standpoint, then maybe I'd be willing to go and, and give up a fourth round pick and maybe Denver sends Fuller and a six rounder Good or point. something along those lines back to the Packers. That way we're recouping a, a pick, uh, but then knowing even if he walks in free agency, we may not get a fourth round compensation. But if we get a fifth round compensation and a six rounder back, I think I'd be okay with giving up a fourth rounder. So I think there's ways to be creative with that. Um, so I'm not willing to say no higher than a six rounder. That's I definitely fair. see where you're coming from, but I think that I get what you're uh, saying. that, that compensation sense. is definitely something that we don't always think about on the back end as well. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I think you're. I think you're right. And uh, thinking it through that way, I think you're you're spot on. I agree with you, Wags. And I, I think also being a defensive player, I'm not worried about the playbook quite as much. Um, he's going to be able to go out and play pretty quickly. Uh, so somebody on the defensive side, you're getting a faster return on your investment. Whereas if we're talking receiver, tight end, something else, you know, they're playing a very limited route tree if, if we're asking the guy to get plugged in on the offensive side. So I would agree with you. I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, for sure. So, Dane, any, I mean, do you expect the Packers to make a move? I think just to wrap up this discussion, or um, I know that it seems like every time a player gets mentioned, uh, Packer fans go nuts. And I'm just like, I roll my eyes a little bit at this point. I think you and I are old enough as Packer fans yeah. that we, we can remember going through basically every scenario of, of, of high you know quantity type of uh, potential targets and trade deadline over the years uh, so i don't know do you think they do add someone here or should we just be thankful that we're we're going to be ha adding a heck of a lot of talent from the ir uh, and just be uh, looking at it from that perspective we're a seven and one team and we've got some all pro type talent that could potentially be coming back and joining this team I think I think you're saying that that the second half there is spot on. I think the Packers free uh, trades slash free agents they're about to bring in are David Bakhtiari and um, you know uh, Devonte off of IR and MVS off of IR and Jair hopefully off of IR and Darius Smith possibly off of IR. All these really really great talents. I I think this team's pretty stacked 
to be totally honest with you, when they all get healthy. Maybe they make a move here or there. I think they're more likely to try to, um, you know, maybe pick off a practice squad guy like they just did with Razul Douglas, you know, kind of play the, the waiver wire as needed. Maybe some guys get cut after the trade deadline. Uh, the Packers historically don't like to give off draft picks all that often. They did it for Bajorquez. They've done it for Cobb. Both have been the right decision, I think. But um, all, all the more reason, I think it's less likely. They're trading more draft picks. And at this point, they're going to be watching the waiver wire. They're going to be watching some other ways. I don't think this roster is set in stone right now with how it is. Uh, but I do think that they're going to probably be a little bit more economical over the next few weeks. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. And one thing I don't think will happen, but it's been floated out there. And we haven't said it, I believe, on the pod what about Jordan Love as someone that could be out there? So something to keep an eye on. And it's not as crazy as fans might think. Yeah, he's our backup quarterback now, but Kurt Benkert looked pretty darn good in camp. Sure so we know what we have there at a backup position. Rodgers has been dropping a lot of breadcrumbs, <laughs> Dane. You've been yes. following that very closely. Yes. Is this something that could happen? A team that might listen. They might, you, you, I don't know what we could get for Jordan Love, but there could be some teams out there that might be looking at and saying, let's give him a, you know, seven game tryout and see mm -hmm. if he's a, a starting caliber quarterback in the league. That's worth it for us to, to, to try to steal him from the Packers uh, if uh, the Packers are, are talking to Rodgers and it can lock something down longer term here. Yeah. I mean, we talked about the Broncos, we talked about the Texans, both teams that, you know, have quarterback need. Washington has a quarterback need. There's there's teams out there. Do I think it's likely Wags? No. But do I think it's possible? Absolutely. And I and I do think, and we could probably do a, a four-hour conversation podcast on the Aaron Rodgers situation, but I do think that um I I I I will put my That's name a good bi-week pod, dude. Yeah, I'll put my <laughs> name on it just in saying that I think the Packers and Rodgers are having uh discussions right now. I yeah, really I do. think I think it's more likely that a love trade happens after the season. Yeah. However, if a team is not pleased with their quarterback situation right now and they don't have the future quarterback on their roster, even if they don't know that Jordan loves the guy they want, it makes sense. They can see what they have in him. And if he's not the guy they want, they can dump him and they'll still be able to draft a, a quarterback when the draft rolls around. So if that's the situation that's out there and Goody gets some calls, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd say it's less than 10%. I would agree. But with the way that Rodgers has comments, I would say it's more likely now than it was mm. back in August. Let's just put it yeah. that way, Dan. Um, so uh, anyway, I think that's a good, good thought to close this one on. I know we were going to try to keep this to – 35 minutes and we went on 40 we could talk so, forever though eggs i could talk packers all night <laughs> absolutely so folks thanks so much for following along this evening and uh happy happy packer halloween Woo! uh be legendary and as always go pack go, pack, go. go.